We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's happening, everybody? Matt here, but you can call me Matub, and I'm here, as always, with Zach. Say hi to the people. Hello, people. <laughs> Zach and I are here with Pack-A-Day Podcast, your favorite place to get daily Packers updates. It might not be your favorite, but we'll make it your favorite. <laughs> so, Zach, how are you doing three days into training camp? I am very good. I'm still kind of accepting the fact that we're back to football. Training camp is back underway. We already have practice number three under our belts now. Packers already practicing in pads. It feels good to be back to the grind. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I have been enjoying following takes on actual football instead of potential football or a theoretical football, especially today when the pads oh. came on. That was uh, that was quite nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a good, good shift from uh, just helmets and shorts. And yeah, it's definitely been a long offseason filled with a lot of, a lot of nice hot takes <laughs> to just keep us, keep us through. Uh, I apologize if you hear any background noise on my part. Uh, there is a horrible rainstorm going on right now, and Zach claims he can't hear it, but I'm not so sure. I really can't hear it. <laughs> if you do hear the rainstorm, just don't confuse it with my, my heavy breathing. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, Zach, did anything stick out in, in training camp for you today? Today? Mm, well, Randall Cobb had himself a day. And oh, yes. Jay Kumaro, the uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, he caught another touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers. And he his, it's the second consecutive day where he's been able to translate 
everything onto the field. I mean, you know, yesterday, you know, Friday, they weren't practicing pads. He had a pretty good day. And obviously it was enough to have a couple stories written about him. And I'm, I'm guilty of that as well. I wrote one this morning. Um, but today he translated that to pads. Like he was consistent with it. And he had, he had a good day on Saturday in full pads. So, so are you, you know, ch- are you changing like a, your a dark horse to watch? Are you changing your undrafted pick? No, 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 no. I'm still Raven Green for life. <laughs> now, <laughs> it's it's interesting that you mentioned Jay. So is it Kumaro or Camaro? I thought it was Kumaro. Oh well, I've I've been saying Camaro. Com- Com- if, if it was if it if it was Camaro, then that's uh, that's a pretty cool last so, name. So Kumaro out of Whitewater. Let's uh, take it back to the 26th. So that was two days ago, as of recording. Uh, he accidentally entered the first team huddle. Yeah, and then he ran off the field. Yeah, so maybe, maybe realized is, that he was he was in the wrong spot. But maybe this is just him trying to get back to his time with Aaron Rodgers. That could be it. Are you implying that he's Brett Swain? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm implying. Is that is that what you're getting? Okay. And, and <laughs> talking about false equivalencies, um, I've been touting uh, Marquez Valdez Scandling Scandling MVS as the next Jeff Janis over and over and over again. He's a physical freak. He wears number 83, and I think he's going to see a lot of time on special teams. But apparently the hype train for Jamon Moore has just taken off. It seemed like it happened in a heartbeat, didn't it? And all it took all it took was a couple tweets about how he caught, he caught a touchdown in the back corner of the end zone on a pass from Hundley. That was all it took. But that was it. MVS also caught a touchdown in the back corner of the end zone from Hundley. That's the thing, too. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he had uh, MBS, save myself the time. He had himself a really good a really good practice today, too. Um, there was one clip, actually, where he would just uh, – I can't remember who the corner was that was covering, but he just absolutely blew by him. Like, it was, it was crazy, the wheels on this kid. I mean, we knew he was fast, but, you know, I don't want to make any correlations to Jeff Janis to, to fulfill your little <laughs> prophecy here, but, I mean – He's got he's got Jeff Janis wheels. It's it's crazy. Yeah, Jeff Jeff did have some wheels. Rest in peace. But, Rest in peace. <laughs> uh, other other takes coming out of training camp is there are people that saying Tim Boyle has been the most impressive backup quarterback. Yeah, I mean, are are, are you ready to are you ready to uh, give him a roster spot in July? Absolutely not. Or I okay, so I predicted <laughs> it, I predicted uh, three quarterbacks to make the roster. And I think it's same here. And, and that's I think once Aaron Jones comes back, that one of the quarterbacks is going to be cut to make room for Jones. And that's assuming that someone mm-hmm. like Devontae Mays doesn't make the team. Because uh, if they if they carry three running backs and a fullback, I think one of those running backs is going to be gone for Jones, obviously. But if they only carry, if they only have right. uh, Ty and um, why am I blanking on name here? Williams. Williams. Thank you. Uh, if yep. they only have Ty and Williams mm-hmm. to go along with Rukowski, I think that they're going to roll three running backs once Jones comes back. But I think if they roll three running backs early, that's where the cut's going to come from. But roundabout, going back, I think that Kaiser and Hunley both make the team. And I think people talking right. about Tim Boyle are the same people that wanted to talk about Taysom Hill last year. You know, I'm trying not to talk about Taysom Hill just because I, Tim Boyle, he the whole aura around him reminds me of the aura that was around Taysom Hill. So the, so the big difference. I'm trying to not make any comparisons there. Last year, Taysom Hill was 27 years old. Like, like if you, if yeah, you he, are, he, he was basically a grandpa. If, if, if you're a rookie who is two years removed from being able to rent a car, 
then you are and <laughs> you are 150 years old in football years for a rookie. And I think uh, when he went to the Saints and people were touting him, like I think it was that Sean Payton said that he was like the heir apparent to Drew Brees. Well, you know what? If you're the heir apparent to Drew Brees, you're not going to be a punt gunner. Yeah, he is probably the best gunner on that team right now, which obviously no one saw coming. I mean, definitely no one in Green Bay saw it coming. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't have released him. But, yeah, the hair apparent to Drew Brees currently playing on special teams as a primary punt gunner, I don't think so. Yeah, and, and, I mean, it goes back to what I said on our last podcast in that that big, strong, tall, and fast will always translate to special teams. We miss you, Jeff. (laughs) But Tim Boyle having a rocket arm, I think, once again – doesn't talk about the fact that he came from Eastern Kentucky. Like there, there are plenty of rocket that, arms. Uh, there are plenty of rocket arms in lower competition, but you got to be able to play at an NFL speed. You, you did make this point last week too about uh, what was it, Raven Green? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like level of competition matters. And Tim Boyle beasting on, or I, I'm not even going to say beasting. People are talking about his arm strength. You know who has arm strength? Josh Allen. <laughs> but I'm not going to draft Josh Allen. <laughs> oh god i mean after what i saw today on a couple clips oh he was he was bad well, he was really he bad. was really I, bad i'm not following anyone else this week i'm too busy I, I i saw a couple clips pop up on my timeline of josh allen in bill's practice and just a simple roll out little bootleg to the right just dumping it off to the running back and he overthrew it Oof! and we actually saw some of that out of mitchell trubisky in chicago so i'm enjoying watching yeah. those clips much yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> that's, that's just fine. So a lot of people have been talking about Aaron Rodgers is the front runner for comeback player of the year and a uh, potential NFL MVP candidate, which I think every year he's a potential NFL MVP candidate. Uh, yeah, pretty much every year. However, it's like I, the standard. I am a uh, curse historian. If that's a thing, I'm. Oh no! I'm. I'm now going to copyright that. I'm a tub. I'm a curse historian, and I truly, truly am afraid of the curse of Kurt Warner. For a lot of people, the who curse don't know, of Kurt Warner. Yeah, there. So there's a different. There are a couple different, a couple different takes on what the curse of Kurt Warner is. Some people think it's the reason that the Browns are terrible, because Kurt Warner was available in the 1999 expansion draft and they didn't take him, and then he went on to win. NFL MVP that year. But something else that happened is Kurt Warner went on to win NFL MVP. Then he won the Super Bowl. And then since then, no no NFL MVP. Holy crap, that's hard to say. No NFL MVP (laughs) has won the Super Bowl since Kurt Warner did it the first time. So he won his first NFL MVP, won the Super Bowl. No one has done it since. And that was in, what, 99? 99, 2000, yeah. That was the greatest show on turf. And uh, he went on to win almost two decades. Yes. He went on to win it again a couple years later. Did not win the Super Bowl. Uh, Marshall Falk. Whoa, was that you? Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) No worries. Uh, Marshall Falk, also on that team, won NFL MVP. Did not win the Super Bowl. So, and it goes on. Every time Brady has won it, he hasn't won. Every time Peyton Manning won it, he hasn't won. Uh, Adrian Peterson won it. Really, I mean, that Vikings team was not very good. And so it's just, I'm afraid. I don't want, I'm going to, I'm going to say this. I think if I had to choose between my quarterback winning the NFL MVP and my quarterback winning Super Bowl MVP, I would take Super Bowl MVP 99 times out of a hundred. 
I, I think most people, like any sane-minded person, would pick the Super Bowl over an MVP, Absolutely. as they should. Absolutely. And I mean, and, and, I mean yeah, there are that's, arguments. That's just insane to me. There are arguments where if your player, if, if they're your favorite player and they're at the twilight of their career and they're one of those bubble Hall of Fame people, an NFL MVP would probably get them closer to it than a Super Bowl MVP. But that's literally the only instance I can think of where that would be better. And I just, I, I think that this is the year that the Packers can really put it together. I'm liking what I'm hearing out of our defense. If Aaron Rodgers can go on his revenge tour, then this, this is really, I mean, I, we say this every year. Every year is special, and every year feels like the year. But, like, this really feels like the year. Oh, yeah, this actually, this time it actually feels like everything could fall into place. I mean, they don't even need Aaron Rodgers to be Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's going to be Aaron Rodgers, but he doesn't need to play at the superstar elite level like he does year in and year out. When they were average in 2015, that defense was good enough to get them to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. I just want to point that out right now. When they lost in Arizona, like they had they had borderline within 10, 15th ranked defense that year. And so, I think that goes over a lot of people's heads. Here's a fun aside to that. Um I did not watch that Arizona game live. Well, why, 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 would, why, would you, why would you not watch that live? So, uh, What's wrong with you? It's, it's funny. Uh, my wife got me tickets to see, the, <laughs> to see the Colorado Mammoth, which is the indoor lacrosse team here, uh, for Christmas. And neither of us thought that the Packers were going to make it as far as they did. And sure enough, the game was at the same time as the Arizona playoff game. And I was checking the score on my phone, and Arizona pulled way out ahead, and I was like, okay, Packers lost, just like I thought it was going to happen, moving on with my life. And then I'm wearing a Packers hat, and someone taps me on the shoulder, and they're like, hey, bro, you need to check the score. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Packers, are, Packers are down by a touchdown, and there's one minute left. Like, who cares? And then I check my phone a couple minutes later, and it says that they're tied, and it's going to overtime. And I went, huh, that's interesting. And then I checked my phone five minutes later, and the Packers had already lost. So, <laughs> so it was uh, – I didn't get to experience the roller coaster of emotions that everyone else did. You know the most depressing part of that story was? It took not even five minutes for you to check the score again and that they had already lost. <laughs> yes. Well, because I, I, I DVR'd the game, and I went home, and I just – I was like, okay, I'm not going to fast – I'm not going to watch the Packers get beat up on – I'm going to watch the comeback. I'm going to watch whatever caused it to go to overtime. And then I'm going to watch whatever caused them to lose, knowing that they're going to lose. But you know what? It still hurt to watch it, uh, Larry Fitzgerald be completely uncovered in the Dom Caper soft zone and run 80 yards to set up a first and goal. Almost untouched. It was just almost it was, untouched. It was it was bad. Yeah. And so yeah. even knowing that it was going to be some kind of soul crushing defeat and like trying to guard myself against it, I couldn't. It was that was bad. But this I, is uh, this is the year. This is <laughs> I'm not proud I'm not proud of it, but I, I, I threw a chair at the wall when that happened. Just because I was so crushed. Holy crap. I I I know. I I actually threw a chair at, at the wall. Because just to lose in that fashion after that kind of Hail Mary, that kind of play, and then to lose on what the first, second play of overtime? Was it the first play of overtime? It was the second. So the it was the first or second play of overtime when Fitzgerald took it down to the 
within the oh, ten yeah, yard yeah, line. Yeah, right, right, right. But the, they, yeah, they the little, the little shovel pass and then the the shovel left. pass was within the first four or five plays of overtime. It was yeah. it was that quick. Yeah, I was just so heartbroken because they, they just you know in typical Packers fashion they hype you up, get you so excited, thinking that oh wow this could actually happen. We might play in the NFC Championship next week. <laughs> As a fan, thinking that yep. and then. Just to be heartbroken, and then it's the it's the cardiac pack. That's what they <laughs> they always the do cardiac it. pack. Yep. Oh my gosh, it is just I don't know. But you know, it's funny too talking about curses. Uh, like my favorite was, I don't know. Do you know what the, the New York Jets curse? What's is, that? The Jets will always suck. It's kind of yeah, in not so many words. <laughs> okay. It, Joe Namath apparently, before they won that Super Bowl, he apparently met with the devil. Oh. If you, <laughs> that was what. The speculation was, and he said that, you know, if you give, if you let my team win this game, then for as long as I live, the Jets won't have to win another championship. That was so pretty you, much it. Do you think that as soon as Joe Namath dies, the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl? You know what? You never know. <laughs> I mean, he did say for as long as I live. He apparently told the devil himself that. Okay. Joe Namath. And, big, and big I'm assuming this all stems from his interview where he guaranteed a win. I'm just, yeah, when he guaranteed that they would win so, Super Bowl three, so I think funny, that's what from. In in that situation, you are uh, nursing a hangover, sitting next to a pool. You're about to play the biggest game of your life in a couple of days, and some reporter says, "Do you think you're going to win the Super Bowl?" And you just go, "Yeah, I guess." And they're like, "Oh, so you're guaranteeing that?" Well, what do you say in response to that? You're like, "Of course, like you're going to say that your team's going to win." I just I thought that that was it, overblown. It's not like yeah, it's not like you're gonna say no. We're not gonna win. No, I have zero confidence in this football team. We're right. not gonna win. We're not even gonna get there. So then it becomes Namath guarantees. But fast forward a good right. forty years, and then you've got I could care less about the team struggling. I want to kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded just like him. Why was that so perfect? <laughs> I mean, I've I've seen him attempting to kiss Susie Kobler a bunch of times on YouTube. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I do a good, I do a good drunk old man. It, that was even just a drunk average old man. That was literally a drunk Joe Namath. That was like <laughs> spot on. I think I'm going to be traumatized now. Well, I appreciate it. And wrapping up the conversation about curses. Luckily, no Packers are gracing the Madden cover this year, and there, it's up to debate as to whether or not the Madden curse is undefeated. But Tom Brady last year made a big deal about no such thing as curses, and then he dropped a pass and lost the Super Bowl to a backup quarterback. Chef kiss. So to me, that is to, to rise up and win league MVP and go to the Super Bowl just to have the Kurt Werner curse and the Madden curse come down and punch you right in the junk. Another chef kiss. And and it couldn't have happened to a nicer team. (laughs) (laughs) Now I should say before I get karmically punched in the junk, I feel bad for my friends who are Patriots fans, but you know the Patriots in ether. I don't feel bad for. Them. Yeah, they'll they'll be okay. I mean, they've they've watched their team win a plethora of championships in the last in the last seventeen years. I think they'll be okay. Right. So shout out to a friend of mine over at Pat's Pulpit, Brian Phillips. He's a good dude. If you want to learn about the Patriots without having to follow too much Patriots stuff, check him out. He talks about golf a lot though, so be careful. Oh yeah, tread lightly. <laughs> To wrap things up, uh, the Packers are going to be off tomorrow, and then training camp resumes on Monday, with family night being a week from, as we record this on Saturday, family night is a week from today. So that means that Zach and I are most likely going to be reporting on someone else tearing an ACL in front of a crowd of 60,000 people. 
Oh, no. Well, see, now we just got them talking about curses. What are you doing? No, but here's the thing. If I guarantee that someone is going to get hurt at family night, then I'm going to have egg on my face, and no one's going to get hurt at family night. It's the, it's the reverse curse. It, does it work like that, though? Like, I does don't that know. actually happen? God damn it. We'll see. But when we are sitting here chatting again one week from today and some no name is hurt, then I'm going to be like, ha ha. But if no one is hurt, <laughs> then I also get to be ha ha. See, it's a win win for me. And then I guess if, if someone important gets hurt, then I don't know. I'll probably just crawl into a hole and die and you'll have to host the show on your own. Uh, well, audience better get ready. <laughs> okay. Well, guys. That's going to do it for us. Remember to follow us on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or on Cheesehead TV eventually. Make sure you give us a rating anywhere that you're following us. This is the Pack-A-Day podcast, your place to find 20 minutes of Packer news a day. As always, I'm Matt, but you can call me Matub. And I'm Zach, and I don't have a catchphrase. But we'll find him one. All right, guys, that'll do it for us. Have a great day. Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over, gets the snap. Backpedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Good Adams! 30! Turns up field, 25! Cutting right to the 20! 15! 10! 5! Devontae Adams to the south end zone for the touchdown! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.